Hello and welcome to the Magical Midlife Podcast, where you get a refreshing, uplifting and optimistic perspective on life in your 40s and 50s. I'm your host, Lindsay DeSwart, and I'm delighted that you've joined us here today. So let's jump right in. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to the Magical Midlife. How are you this morning? So today I'm delighted because I have got a another English guest, actually. I do love connecting with my English guests. There is definitely great kinship there. And so today I'm talking with Elizabeth Joseph. And Elizabeth describes herself as a menopause guinea pig, which I love. And Elizabeth and I have connected on Instagram because Elizabeth is documenting her journey as she goes through her midlife and her menopause, her menopausal years. And so I have asked if she will share that with us because she's got some very amusing insights and I can't wait for her to share them with us. So good morning, Elizabeth. Good morning. Hello. How are you doing today? Not too bad. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me on. You are so welcome. It's lovely to connect. And obviously our chat beforehand, which unfortunately nobody else gets to hear, has just been (laughs) fantastic. And I wish we'd met sooner. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. So, Elizabeth, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you are, where you are in the world. And then we'll start talking about your journey as to how you started documenting your menopausal years. Okay, so where I am at the moment, I am I've moved to the country by mistake. I used to live in Newcastle and we moved 18 miles away to a farmhouse. So I'm talking to you with five layers on wrapped in my blanket, realizing that the country life, which I had always dreamed was right for me is so not right for me so that's where I am at the moment oh really where really where I don't want to be but at least I know that now at least I didn't you know retire here and sink my life's you know savings into awful awful huge mistake but it'll make a very funny book one day (laughs) oh my goodness okay I'm gonna have to ask more about that that's intriguing (laughs) holy cow okay and so what's your family situation because you've got two kids yeah, so I've got two Litleys. So I'm, I'm nearly nearly 50. I'm 50 in a couple of weeks' time. And I've got a 12-year-old and a 10-year-old. So I started relatively late. I have to be careful saying that because if I say that to people, they've usually got kids younger than me and they're older than me. You mm-hmm. know, so I, I, must, I can't typify myself as a, an older mum, but um, at times I feel like one. Oh, fair enough. Okay. So, Elizabeth, what did you start out doing? Because I'm sure... At 20, you didn't say, oh, I can't wait to move to that farmhouse. <laughs> well, I did think I wanted to live in the country, oh. my God. Um, what did I start out doing? Oh, well, so I was going to be a world famous actress. That's Ooh. what I was going to do. Um, but luckily, my mother insisted I went to university uh, <laughs> where I studied film and media way back when it you know, was an unusual thing to study, then went to drama school then fairly quickly realised I was never going to make it, uh, get anywhere close to being a world-famous actress, and uh, and went into teaching. Huh. So how come you realised you wouldn't be a world-famous actress? Because I wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, moving on. <laughs> and, had, and I had kind of no, no interest in struggling. I, right. uh, yeah, no, I wasn't keen on struggling, so I gave it a little go, but I think I had a fairly unrealistic idea of uh, how it was all going to pan out, but never mind. <laughs> I know, but don't we all, that's the beauty of being young. <laughs> In the 20s, definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I shared a photo with my son, actually, and I must have been in my 
30, early 30s, I guess. And he's like, oh, my God, you look so young. And I went, I know. I thought I had it all figured out. I said, you're only yeah. 20. So just yeah. bear that in mind. Absolutely. Goodness yeah. me. Cool. So then you went into teaching. And so tell me more about that. Yes. So uh, in fact, it wasn't teaching, teaching. It was teaching English as a foreign language. And again, again, I had uh, amazing plans as to all the, you know, the far flung <laughs> places that I was going to go to. And I ended up uh, going to Poland oh. for two years and Spain for three years. And that was it. OK. But what did you learn about yourself in the process? Because those I do, are I, very different yeah, cultures. Absolutely. I absolutely loved it. I, I loved my time there. But more than anything, I realized, I think that I didn't like to feel like an outsider, which I did. I always did. I was so massively keen to come back or so, mm-hmm. I was so happy to come back when I did. And I came back to the northeast of England and people are so friendly yeah. that you, you never feel like an outsider. That people will tell you their life stories, you know, on the bus. So I I love being here. Absolutely (laughs) love being here. Fantastic. So you moved back there after teaching. And then what did you do when you got back to, was it, did you go straight to Newcastle? Yeah. And and continued teaching in universities, Um, you know, started teaching English for academic purposes, um, did a couple of master's degrees and just, you know, was happy pottering along really until, you know, I met my husband and had my kids. Then kind of fell accidentally into perimenopause and never went back to work okay so that has led very nicely into the fell accidentally into perimenopause tell me more about that because most people don't describe it as falling accidentally into it most people it kind of comes over them and they've got no idea what the heck's going on because nobody's got ideas about what the heck's going on with anything to do with menopause have they yeah I mean but that that very much was the case for me, I mean, I would say I was stumbling around for a good two years, completely oblivious, completely oblivious. And it, it was a time that yeah, I now like to refer to as the bull thwacking years, because um, life <laughs> has given me a, a, quite a marvellous thwack in the balls. Every, you know, so many things were going horribly wrong. I lost my job. Um, my husband lost his job. My mum got diagnosed with Uh, breast cancer and a close friend died suddenly um and everything that I was feeling I just it fitted quite neatly into you know life giving you a a good kicking Mm. um and it wasn't until my period started going bonkers that I was like ah ha 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 okay all right Mm. let's get googling and brought up the word perimenopause which I'd never heard of no most of us never have mm -mm, not a clue um and it you know I struggled I struggled you know I went from you know loving teaching still doing loads of acting so you know amateur dramatics type thing um in a, a local theater that which is really really good to basically hiding in the house actively really? seeking to become invisible oh my gosh yeah hugely it's easy to look back and see it now you know I argued you know to, with my husband you know I think it makes sense for me to stay in the home to be there for the, the you know the kids after this period of instability but it was just kind of like rock rock can I hide under it please yeah yeah Yeah. and so at what stage did you actually reach out for any help or at any stage did you reach out for help it it took me it took me a really like like I say at least two years 
And then when my periods went bonkers, they did the opposite of what I thought happened. I thought this kind of like eased off and then Mm. stopped, you know, they quite the opposite happened. Then I realized what was going on. And it, but leading up to that point, I mean, I've been repeatedly to the doctors, you know, for I'm aching all over. I think I've got an autoimmune disease. You know, I, I can't sleep. I'm so anxious, you know, in ways I've never been before. The aches and pains I saw, you know, a rheumatologist, a musculoskeletal skeletal specialist, mm. a physiotherapist, just ad nauseum. So by the point I realized what was going on, I'd already realized I wasn't going to get any help from medical professionals, if that makes sense. Wow. I was also well aware that nobody in my circle wanted to talk about it and certainly hadn't warned me that I was about to stumble in. So I just thought, right, well, okay, I'll work this out on my own then. Oh my goodness. And so how did you go about working that out? I'm actually <laughs> still I'm just in complete shock actually. Like, oh my God. And all these pennies are dropping going, oh, I must have been in perimenopause. When I was doing running and couldn't walk the next day. Yeah. And yeah. Oh my God, I didn't even know. So you've completely educated me already. Thank you. No, but so many women, so many women, you talk to women who are like, you know, been yoga teachers for years and they genuinely thought that there was something seriously wrong because their estrogen, your estrogen plummets and you need that to basically, was for so many things, but to lubricate your body. Mm. I mean, I I honestly, I I thought I was, I was ill. The same with the brain fog, the walking into a room and not knowing why you've walked into it walking into furniture that's mm. another favorite because your depth perception can change in perimenopause there you know burnt tongue there are numerous bizarre and weird symptoms that people don't tend to really talk about I could go oh, on and on and on oh my goodness you should write a book about this do you know I think that's a really good <laughs> idea I shall thank you yeah what a good <laughs> idea okay so yeah talk about how you've dealt with this and how you've once you realized what was going on, what did you do? Well, the big thing for me is that I absolutely refused to put up with any level of discomfort. So once I knew where I was, for all, it didn't actually change anything. It changed everything for me. Mm. I knew where I was. I knew I wasn't ill. I was just passing through this stage. And so I just kind of decided, it sounds a bit naff, but it's true, just to have some fun with it and just start reading and reading and researching and researching and so for example when I was talking about burnt tongue before when I first got it I genuinely thought I just burnt my tongue and so I would just like I would go burnt tongue menopause and put it into a google search and you'd be like oh my oh yes okay no it is it it is a symptom and I found no one else seems to have found this so I don't know where I found it this fantastic suggestion that you you uh, put four drops of tabasco in a teaspoon of water and slosh it around your mouth which really hurts I bet but you do that three or four times a day for about four days and it goes so I read this I haven't got burnt tongue and I'm waiting I'm waiting desperately for the burnt tongue to come around again so I can have a go and see if it works so it's almost like taking control of it if you see what I mean you know hot flushes I found you know I find this lady who who uh, teaches me hypnotherapy mm-hmm. and how to control hot flushes when they wake you up in the night. So I'm desperate for them to come again. <laughs> <laughs> so so I can try it. So it's a kind of this weird idea that I'm taking control of the situation. Yeah. I guess. I think it, it plays it plays to my kind of I'm a bit like Toad of Toad Hall with my wanting to try 
you know, new different hobbies. And when when I had my husband and kids jumping into this freezing lake, you know, because cold water swimming I'd found mm. out about. And my husband was going, toot, 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 come on, toad. <laughs> <In we go. laughs> and and also I have, I, I don't like to feel out of control. I can't bear it. So I think it just plays to my, you know, idiosyncrasies that, right, I'm going to take control of this. And and then it just got somewhat out of hand once I joined Instagram. <laughs> so when you say it got out of hand, what do you mean? Tell me more. Well, so my reason for joining was that I had, I, I still don't really know why, but again, I think a control thing and the hiding in the house under a rock not working. I decided, right, I'm going to write a guidebook. Anonymous, doesn't matter who wrote it like a just a counter book yeah almost almost like a novelty book these are the symptoms you might find you're struggling with here are some of the lunatic things I tried and the reason for it was merely to get people talking yeah because the, that deafening wall of silence you know that surrounded those two years for me just made me really angry yeah. so I joined Instagram in a right I'm going to build up an audience for this and maybe self-publish and then of course as my page got more popular, there are loads of women on Instagram who have natural approaches or natural, natural products mm. that they want women to know about. Mm. So I just have been inundated with, you know, would you like to try a guided womb massage? Would you like to take part in a Zoom cacao ceremony? Mm. You know, have you tried mouth taping? You, you know, numerous mouth taping the other things I've heard of but mouth taping the mouth is literally just putting a little bit of micropore tape over your lips at night again if you google it there's like some chap I can remember his name he wrote this book called breathe or breath it's supposed to be life-changing and it forces you to breathe through your nose which apparently is great for your oral health apparently it means you don't need to get up and go for a wee in the night but I'm not entirely sure how that works and you're just supposed to be better rested I couldn't get on with it at all at all oh my god I'm going to try that just for fun it's fascinating I'll tag you in the post that I did on it so you can see you can see kind of why you're supposed to do it but the big thing with me is that I'm like the shittest midlife influencer ever because (laughs) I'm, I'm I'm not one because I won't take any money I won't take a commission or a percentage or or in anything and I've been offered it so many times but it means that I can be really honest about everything that I try. I'm never mean. I always mm. send my post to the to the woman concerned, saying, "Are you all right if I write this?" So I was able to be honest about the mouth taping. But the biggest thing is is usually the comments underneath because you'll have fifty percent women go, "It's the best thing I've ever done," and you know the other fifty percent going, "Oh dear God, I think I'd swallow it." Mm. But it just means that anyone reading can you know take it or leave it, mm. and it it's, it starts the conversation. Mm. You know, we're, we're talking about perimenopause. We're having a good laugh at my stupidity, but it means it becomes something that you can, you know, be open about. Oh, my goodness. Fascinated. Okay. So what other crazy things? Mouth taping I've never heard of. Cacao I've done. Um, um, oh, my God. So many oils, things. Yeah, so essential, essential oils, That's that's been a recent thing. And it, with most of it, because, you know, Again, you know, I'm, I'm no expert. I'm an expert in my own experience. That's all I talk about. You know, there's no rigorous scientific <laughs> process okay, yeah. go, going on here. Um, oh, just so many things that I've tried. Sound baths. The sound yeah. bath one was, was just absolutely brilliant because, uh, again, that was via Zoom. Mm. And uh, luckily, I was able to turn off my, my camera 
but I was watching the lady and, and the lady who did it was cool as anything. And she was like, you know, you will take whatever you need from this. Mm. Yep. So I was all chilled out listening to the gongs being, you know, struck and this, that and the other. But then she started chanting mm. and I started laughing mm. and I told myself off. I, I tried to get it back again. And then I just, I laughed for the full five minutes that she chanted. And I was honest about it in the post, but I checked with her first and she was like, no, that's what you needed. I was going to say, that's exactly what your body needed. How cool is that? And how and cool, cool. I've met so many amazing women who, who go, yeah, oh my God, post that. That's brilliant. That made me laugh because they're so, they so much believe in what they're doing and mm. how it can help mm. that, you know, they're, they're, they're not getting their knickers in a twist. You can't write that they're like yeah brilliant wonderful and that's been the biggest thing I think is finding a tribe Mm. connecting with other women and you know being heard and listening I think that's been the biggest thing for me out of all of it because I don't sit comfortably normally in the company of women oh my goodness you would not believe how many people that I am connecting with that say exactly the same thing. Really? That, that really interests me, really? Seriously. Ah. And I've taken a real stand since I've been, you know, working with this podcast and since I've been connecting with so many women, um, taking a real stand for on Instagram, actively searching out people who talk about midlife and talk about menopause and perimenopause. Um, and none of it is about, you know, oh, well, you know, it's competition in business. No, no, no. I've completely and utterly said I am going nowhere near that way of thinking. Because, as you say, there has been a wall of silence. So many women I speak to are uncomfortable in the company of women, have never mm. felt safe in the company of women have felt threatened. I mean, it's unbelievable how damaging women can be to women. See, that's absolutely fascinated by that. Like, absolutely fascinated because I had someone read my book because my my book has changed and become less guidebook, more more personal experience. Mm. And and my big worry was, how would it land with with a female audience Mm. for the right, you know, for the writer, for me to be honest and say, I don't feel comfortable in the company of women. So I, I did a post. I, I tried it out. And, I, you know, the, the title was Women Are Mean. <laughs> because I I'd had this really, Yeah, yeah. I'd had this yeah. really, really, I was so upset by this kind of weird situation. Hmm. And I was like, I'm going to put it out there and see what the reaction is. And it was huge, huge people saying, I've never felt so supported as I do now by the women in my life. And yet I've never been so scarred or let down by other women in my life. And I, you know, often with many of these things, including perimenopause symptoms, you think it's just you. I thought it was just me. Everyone else was, you know, really comfortable in the company mm. of women. I find it fascinating that you say that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, and I've talked about it in other things, in other episodes and with other people. On my recent trip back to England, um, I went to, you know how in England they'll have boys' schools and you just have girls in the sixth form? Yes, yes. Because, you know, they needed to try and keep the schools alive. So they had to bring in some new students. Anyway, so I went to one of those schools for sixth form. (sighs) So majority and funnily enough, majority of my friends were boys. I never really hung out with the girls at all for whatever reason, because probably 
you know, I didn't feel comfortable with the company. Mm. Um, and anyway, so just when I came back to England a few weeks ago, I met up with my school friends and my school friends happened to be going to lunch with four other men. And it was such a reflection of how my relationship with women and men have changed because then since as a grown up, when you're married, all of a sudden you become a couple. And so Mm -hmm. I don't have any reason to be hanging out with just men as men friends. (laughs) So I had to, everything I started to do, like going to the gym and all the rest of it, the times I was going, all of a sudden I was plunged into female relationships. Mm -hmm. But it was new territory mm-hmm. because that's never been where I hung out. It was, ne- it was never where I was comfortable. Mm-hmm. But same thing. I'd had so many bad experiences with girls being mean. Mm-hmm. And I, I see the same thing with my daughter today. You know, she's 13 and, uh, yeah, fine. I mean, there's some weird dynamics going on as we were talking earlier post-COVID with the kids because they're just missing some major steps in development but I'm really surprised well I guess I'm not surprised at what a lack of support she's getting from the other girls yeah so it's it's nothing new no it isn't is it and it really isn't I do I I I listen to my son and my daughter and the way they interact and the way they are affected by their friend's behavior is so completely different because more than anything what made me cross was in that post was how upset I was I'd allowed myself to get that this woman had purposefully ignored me I was more cross with myself you know and I but I, and I can see it in my daughter and I'm telling her oh no you know lovely that's a reflection of them not not yes. you don't take it personally and then there's me <laughs> chewing away to my husband who's going I really don't understand if she if you don't like her she's not being nice why would you want her to talk to you and I said no that's not the and I couldn't let it go yeah it's fascinating it's absolutely fascinating but I think talking to you and reading that post I think I think it'll land just fine with the female audience because I think an awful lot of them will be nodding away yeah reading when I say that I don't always feel and I do I do point out the part that I know that I play in that and that's been interesting in lockdown actually looking at myself more closely and my interactions and you know I find myself saying negative things or being a bit gossipy just because I'm so uncomfortable, I just sort of go, oh, look at the mullet on that six former. And there's no need. <laughs> there is no need for that. Yeah. <laughs> the mullet or the comment, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Now, I think it's absolutely fascinating. So, yeah, keep posting those. I wonder if it's part of, because I really call it a midlife awakening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's almost as if you step into a different part of yourself that's more grounded, more confident. So my shamanic teacher would talk about we go through this birth canal and Mm -hmm. part of the menopause, could that actually just be like a birth canal of it's really uncomfortable, it's a dark place, it's not pretty, it's messy. And then when we're reborn out of the other side, we actually come into a completely different world and that world is more about the confidence, hopefully the sisterhood. Being more accepting of who you are, but also being, well, okay, being more accepting of who you are. So if we're all in a place of being more accepting of who we are, then we're in a place of being more accepting of who others are around us. That's that's such a good point. And I think that is, I think that's completely true. Yeah, I think that's completely true. You know that you can't compete with me. 
I want you to win as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I think with, with older women, you do see that, you know, what is it? Is it as the estrogen kind of ebbs away, we, we care less what people think of us. We are less paranoid or worried or jealous or insecure or any of those things that, that possibly cause those, those behaviors. Yeah. I think that's a fast, that's fascinating. And I guess all of those qualities are actually quite repellent. If you're thinking mm-hmm. about it kind of like a, you know, a nature sense, when we're in our childbearing years, are we unconsciously competing? Yeah, I think that I, I do, because when I was trying to think about it for the, the book, because I mean, I went to an all girls school. Right. And I'm thinking, when, when on earth did I become so uncomfortable? And I do, I think it was from, you know, from from having kids I really do I think it was that suddenly nothing seemed to be honest you know that kind of postnatal get-togethers you know and and people are talking about how they baked cakes and they've done this and they've done that while their while their babies were sleeping I'm thinking oh my god I didn't I I sat with cabbage leaves in my bra you know because my boobs were so sore and had a bit of a cry you know, and it, a brilliant I, I, idea. I wish I'd known about cabbage leaves. You see, it obviously started really, really a long time ago. Me trying to find ways to deal with <laughs> natural ways to deal with being a woman. But so, go on. What I was just going to say is a kind of an honesty thing. So the the kind of the three areas that I think kind of repelled women from me or made me uncomfortable in the company of women is one. I I don't know how to not be honest. I don't right. know how to do it. Um, but there has to be a balance. Nobody wants to listen to a new mum whinging and whinging, but I would rather someone told me the truth so I didn't think it was it was just me. Um, the other thing is I have a very odd sense of humour. And the third thing is my I absolutely love talking about myself. I'm Doesn't everybody? <laughs> my favourite subject. But those are the things that have made me do really well on Instagram. Yeah. In, in a group of women, which I just find fascinating, but it, I think it's from having kids. There's a kind of weird competitiveness that goes on. But I'm sure there are lots of women who haven't had children who would say, "No, no, no, no." It, you know, it, there's a that we're all competitive. It's not. It's not just that. Mm. I mean, certainly, I know women who didn't have children in their careers. Yeah. They absolutely experience the same competitiveness. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and then socially it becomes weird because if all their peer group are having kids, then there's this awkwardness of, well, why aren't you? Or are you yeah. planning to? Or what are you waiting for? When it's nobody's business anyway. Yeah. Um, it's really weird. But I think the competition is absolutely rife the whole way through. And it's probably just landed more today than ever before, just talking about it with you, that but maybe that's also why our relationships can change so much more as mature women. Yeah, see, I hadn't thought about that either. So I'm, I've become very, very aware of this kind of midlife awakening, you know, reinvention, revolution, all of that. Because I mean, I, I'm exper- experiencing as I write about it, it's, it's amazing. Um, but again, is it only since talking to you now that I've thought, yeah, that we do become more of a sisterhood, possibly. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's absolutely, thank you very much. That's going in the book. That's absolutely fascinating. I shan't credit you. I shall say I worked it out all by Oh, good. And, and why wouldn't you? Fantastic. <laughs> Send me a free copy of your book when it's published and we're all good. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Okay, so in your, so where you are now, one of the things I always ask my guests is, is there anything you miss about your kind of your 
pre your chapter one life is what I call it. You know, that life when you were maybe teaching abroad or in the competitive years, et cetera. We can call it competitive years now. Yeah, um, yeah. Anything you miss about that? Yeah, I think confidence. So I'm slowly starting to get that back um, because I was I was hugely confident and I did very much like being the centre of attention. And I just, I really did so seek to become invisible when I was feeling so, so shit. And the other thing is energy levels. <laughs> right. <laughs> God. Like... I, I, my husband used to laugh at me because he said I was like a Duracell bunny. I would wake up and I was like, right, what are we doing? Full oh, of energy. Me too. Uh, and I just, every every morning I wake up, it feels like the middle of the night. Like I've been woken up to go, you know, on an exciting holiday without the going on an exciting holiday bit. <laughs> just, you know, that disorientation. And that, I like, totally know what you mean. That's hilarious. Every single morning. And I hate it. I, I want that energy back and the, the confidence is coming back and I think the energy will um yeah maybe when my, my hormones stabilize a bit more but yeah those two things I would say so can I ask this this is on a completely on a personal note because obviously I work with people to do major shamanic healing and I believe having been through the perimenopause, most of which I didn't even realise I was going through. And so thank you for illuminating some of that to me going, oh my God, I've started ageing. Um, and so now, yeah, I'm in, in quite a different place. But as, as I've said to you, and as some regular listeners know, I went through a few years, pretty much of the shamanic work and doing a ton of emotional healing. Mm -hmm. Now, probably for the last six months, I haven't had any sort of sweats, hot flashes, anything. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how much of that, because I've always had this belief that menopause is a reset. And so therefore, when you clear out a lot of the old stuff, does that kind of speed your way through this birth canal that I mentioned earlier and pop you out at the other side in a better state of mind? So, and a better physical state as well. So have you done any sort of energetic clearing? So I, I don't know if it, if what I've done is is energetic clearing. I don't know. I think I think I've started to do it. I certainly haven't come out the other end. So when we talk about like midlife awakenings and stuff, I used to get really cross looking on Instagram. You know, all these women going, you know, this is this is an amazing opportunity to become the real you. And I'll be like, you know, uh, f off. This is horrible. <laughs> I am. How how is this a good thing in any way, shape, or form? And I am starting to do that. So it. Again, lots of amazing women, you know, offering me coaching, uh, rapid transformational therapy, mm-hmm. you know, lots of different ways of looking. And I am massively conscious that that needs to shift. But I think it's only just starting to shift. Mm-hmm. So, and obviously, the, you know, moving to the country was the biggest mistake ever. So that's made like, I just, I really felt like I was doing really well. You know, oh, I'm stepping into my power. I am, you know, I'm doing what these ladies were talking about mm-hmm. and I've just been slammed again. And I think it's because I haven't, you know, I'm, I hadn't heard, you know, of, of about what you do at all. I don't know anything about mm-hmm. it at all. I'm fascinated. I want to know. But, you know, using what you've talked about, I think I'm stuck in the birth canal at the moment. That's how it feels. Mm-hmm. I'm halfway down. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of stuff that's being, churned up and I think you're absolutely right you have to again it's all the buzzwords but it's true you have to do the work Mm. you know you don't just go into your cocoon and come out this amazing butterfly Mm. you've got to put some effort in so there's got to be some goo in there 
yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah absolutely then and looking at stuff and and you know limiting beliefs and so I, a lot of that's happened a lot of that's happened actually but yeah. I don't think I could be all the way there because I wouldn't feel this god awful I yeah, still yeah. feel I still feel exhausted mm. and I still so I'm aware for example which I wouldn't have been that I hold huge amounts of tension in my body mm. now I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't done my reading and I hadn't tried this and but I'm still doing it so right. I can be standing somewhere you know, I don't know, cooking, and I'm clenching everything. I just, even standing still, I clench my buttocks and I clench my jaw and mm. I do it I do it in my sleep. I wake up in the morning feeling like I've been sleeping in a box and it's horrible. Wow. So, yeah, I have some way to go, I think it'd be fair to say. And I think I got a little overconfident. I was like, yes, yes, I stepped into my power. I'm, yeah. I'm, an, orc, I'm an orca. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to lead my pod. I've got it all sorted. It would appear not, though, unfortunately. <laughs> not oh, yet. I love that. And I love the humbleness of how you said it. Because mm. just when you think, you just, I mean, my, as I say, my shamanic uh, uh, teacher, Cece Williams, who was my first coach when I got into any sort of coaching thing going on, um, seven, well, nearly 18 years ago now, because she helped me when I came out of this um, postnatal. And I was going, my my world's just on its head. I can't get out of bed in the morning. I can't get through a day, pretty mm-hmm. much, you know, exactly what going through now, potentially, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with feeling like that in menopause too, same thing. She said, unless you actually do the work, because I was hanging on at the beginning of this shamanic training, I was hanging on and going, no, 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 it's all under control. I've been a coach for so many years. It's all good. Mm-hmm, she was like, mm-hmm. Lindsay, you can hang on as much as you like, but... The more you hang on, the longer you eke this pain out. Yeah. yeah. And she said, if you keep trying to, because I kept saying, right, no, I'm good now. We've, we've finished the first, first bit. Um, I'm good now. I can go and recreate my business. And she's like, you can, and you're going to recreate the same old crap that you've been coming up with and not enjoying. <laughs> because she said, you haven't changed anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you've sort of dusted off the top layer. Yes, that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. But she said, that's as deep as you've gone. Yeah. And how do you expect your results to be any different if all you do is dust off? You know, you you look at, yeah, you've removed the dust and you look at the same surface and go, oh, look, it's the same surface. And she went, you're going to come up with the same stuff. Yeah. Yeah. She's just like, just stop everything. Stop everything and just move to the country go into your cocoon and allow it to be that that's maybe what you needed to do. Mm -hmm. And just kind of, you know, ride that wave while it lasts and then you'll come out of the other side. Yeah. But maybe that's what your country home represents. Maybe it's absolutely your birth canal. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) It's not. Oh, my God. I'll try all manner of things, but uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell us about this book that you're writing, if you're happy to share. Yeah, yeah. So that's why Instagram has been absolutely instrumental to everything. You know, I went from this completely faceless guidebook because I really did feel, look, I you know, there's too much of this. It's about the person, you know. Oh, who cares? I just want, I just want to know how to fix this but 
I realized that when I went on Instagram that, you know, the posts that people find interesting, the posts that people respond to are about you. You know, I had stock stock images. I didn't even have my photograph up on my profile. And I just sort of wrote kind of quite generally. And then when I just started being really honest and talking about what I was going through and how I felt, always with humor, because it is, you know, it can be a really hard time. But, you know, I would I would put a, a daft post about, you know, going into the bathroom and thinking, you know, what's the smell? Sniffing the towels one morning, sniffing the, you know, the flannels the next morning and then the third morning sniffing my armpits and going whoa you know what's that and I'd have women DMing me going oh my god thank you so much I thought it was just me I thought it was just me you know and all these different perimenopausal symptoms that I'm having a bit of a giggle about but honestly and so it it has kind of become just my story really Mm. with all the, the daft stuff that I've tried um and it's nearly there it's nearly there I have a a wonderful lady in my corner who's who's helping me um who's giving me feedback and it will get there but gosh it's a difficult process it really is but it's fascinating to be doing it while you're doing it if that makes sense to be learning about this stuff while you're doing it absolutely did you ever see the TED talk by Jill Bolte Taylor oh no no oh okay so that is a classic <laughs> example Okay, I'm going to scribble it's, that down. It's, it's an old, old TED Talk. It's Jill Bolte-Taylor, and it's called A Stroke of Insight. Mm-hmm. And she was, uh, was she a neurological scientist? I think so, something like that. Anyway, she had a stroke. Oh, and goodness. so she documented the stroke while she was having the stroke. Oh, wow. And she, her, the, the whole TED Talk talks about the phases that she was going through and how it felt in her body. And bearing in mind, she knew exactly what was going on from yeah. a theoretical point of view, but she kept dis, like dipping out of it. It's fascinating. So talk oh, about, wow. you know, building the plane while you're flying it. Yes. Yeah. You'll, I'm sure you'll find a lot of similarities in there. It's fascinating. Oh, fabulous. Thank you. Mm, you're very welcome. So have you got, I mean, have you set yourself goals for the book or anything like that? Like, yeah <laughs> repeatedly <laughs> I keep thinking <laughs> oh okay thinking, those that's goals it. that's it I've, I'm done I've, I've got there and, and I send it off and then it comes back and say you know you're not quite there but I, and I know how lucky I am to have someone go you're not quite there rather than look no which normally would happen um but no I'm, you know as I said I'm about to turn 50 and I thought I would have a publishing contract by now I do not but I won't I won't give up so I'm reading it out loud to myself at the moment uh, to finesse it, shall we say? I'm finessing it, um, but enjoying it, enjoying it. But in every every conversation I have, you know, chatting to you now, oh, I'm going to go off and scribble a whole things, you know, a few things down, you know, building the plane while I'm flying it. It's fantastic. It's just fascinating. I don't know, but I'm going to have to. It's going to have to stop at some point or else. <laughs> a living document or something. Yeah. I don't know. I could just keep going, but yes, it's going to have to stop at some point. Well, that's right because then you do the perimenopause, then you do the menopause book. It's a natural see, sequel. You've got. That's the season. thing. I'm I'm already planning that one in my head because the whole moving to the country to live the good life and it going horribly, horribly wrong and absolutely hating it is actually <laughs> is actually comedy gold. It's comedy gold. We've gone from, oh my goodness, look, next door's chickens are in the garden with the kids. Take a picture, take a picture to next door's chickens have shat on the doorstep again. <laughs> have you got any more examples? This is hilarious. <laughs> oh no, honestly, I absolutely hate it. I absolutely hate it. Everybody, 
freezing. It stinks. So many things gone from looking at the sheep. Look at the sheep. All we can see are sheep and fields. And then you're like, those sheep are all lame. They're all lame. It's a dystopian nightmare. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm so waiting for this book. (laughs) It's really called Paradise Lost. Navigating midlife, I think. <laughs> Dear me. So how long have you got to stay in the country? Oh, well, luckily we only, we, we're only renting and we're trying to get out of our contract. I can't tell you. Honestly, I'm like, I've, I'm now convinced that it's making us ill, that stuff is seeping out of the walls and like everybody's poorly. Oh, I just could go on and on. How old it's is everything, every, yeah, yeah, Everything I ever thought I wanted. We have this huge... A vegetable patch with my idea of complete heaven honestly it was move to the country grow your own vegetable it's nothing but weeds I hate it I hate it I shout at the sheep I hate everything about it so what's next back to the city back to students and broken broken bottles and sick on the pavement so I relish the thought <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. When I was in London lost and we went out for dinner in Trafalgar Square, Leicester Square, Mm -hmm. just a restaurant in Leicester Square on a Saturday night and walking through the city, especially because where we live now is fairly rural and I've been out of London for a long, long time. And walking through there to me, I was like, oh, my God, this is a war zone. I cannot cope with this. And I almost had PTSD by the time we got back to my sister's house. (laughs) (laughs) And just seeing all the kids, kids, you know, in their Mm -hmm. 20s, whatever, lined up waiting to get into the clubs. And they're already drunk and there's already sick on the pavement and there's already people stumbling around. And of course, my son's walking behind me just going, oh, wow, look at this. (laughs) Because he's been raised in the country. He's never seen yeah. anything like it. So for him, he's like, there's so many people. And all the girls were dolled up with all the makeup. And they're like, oh, my God, look at this. And I was like, oh, my God, look at this. This is terrible. What's the future of humanity? This is fun. I love it. So, but, so that's hilarious. Oh, my goodness. Okay, any other quick stories about your experience in the country that you're happy to share? Because I just... No, want- I don't want, to, don't want to think about it. I just want it to be finished. This was everything I thought that I, I've ever wanted. I always knew I was a country girl. Just thank God, you know, I'm not in my mid-60s and, you know, I've sunk my life savings into this. And I didn't think, I, I don't like crowds. I don't like built, I do now. I like it. I can't believe how much I, I dislike it. Everything about wasps nests. We've had slugs. We've had flies, a little bit flight, but I mean, like, thousands of flies it's just not been good oh. it will it will be very funny though I mean it, we, li- we literally we, we moved to the country with all these ideas and you know we're going to get fit and you know when we're gonna <laughs> we literally drive the kids to school past the massive town moor that we used to walk on every morning for three miles before we started our day but we don't have time to walk now because we've moved so far away from the kids school <laughs> we drive past where we used to walk we don't walk around here because we haven't got time oh my goodness awful I did a whole post on it it was like moving to the country gonna eat a lot of pizza because we just we eat unhealthily I've never drunk like I've drunk my husband just like eats chocolate constantly we're so miserable I mean it is it's comedy gold but it is like all my perimenopause symptoms have gone haywire just because of the amount of cortisol in my body because of the stress it's making everything worse awful 
Oh my goodness. I cannot believe that. Very funny. Very funny. And such a fantastic wake up call. Mm. What you thought you wanted. Exactly. You needed who you thought you were. Yeah, absolutely. So even like silence. Fair enough. I hate it. (laughs) That's hilarious. Oh my goodness. That is absolutely hilarious. But I guess as they say, you don't know what you've got until you lose it. Yeah. So yeah. you just can't wait for those crowds and broken bottles. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Bring it on. Nowhere oh. to park. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Being dumped from one extreme to the other very rapidly. Yeah. Which you clearly have. Yeah. I mean, how far away from the city are you? So uh, we're only 18 miles. But 18? Uh, I mean, what yeah. End? Yeah. But the, I mean, there are so many things, you know, I'm a hugely nervous driver. That's another perimenopause thing, but I, that's not my reason. I've always been nervous. I can't drive. I can't drive on the military road. It's terrifying. So all the driving is falling to my husband. Honestly, we're falling apart. Oh my it's goodness. so funny and so awful. But never mind. Never and mind. I like I say, we know now. And from there, you can make different lifestyle choices. Exactly. Exactly. Well, what a fantastic experiment. Okay. so. You've had me in stitches today. I am so pleased that we've chatted. But how can other people find you? How can they come and hang out on your Instagram page? Because that is full yeah. of humour as well. Yeah. So just just follow me on Instagram. That's that's the only thing I do. People keep telling me I should be on this and I should be trying this. And no, I'm just staying in my lane. I'm at Elizabeth Joseph Navigating. And quite a few people do, you know, direct message me with questions about perimenopause. And I'm more than happy, you know, to answer any questions. Fantastic. That is awesome. So, Elizabeth, I'm always conscious of time because I figure that people try and listen to this podcast whilst they're zipping in their cars between tasks. And, um, yeah, it's just been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Me too. And I probably haven't laughed quite as much as you did in your sound gong bath, but... But this has been absolute laughter therapy and I'm so grateful for it. Thank you. Good, good. My pleasure. (laughs) My pain, your pleasure. (laughs) Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you've enjoyed the conversation, please come and leave a review. If you go to the Apple Podcasts app and scroll down to the bottom of the podcast page and then you'll find the ratings and review section, please invite your friends to come and listen by sharing the link. And you can join the conversation and let me know who you'd like to hear interviewed and what topics you'd like discussed over at Facebook on the Magical Midlife group. You can also find me on Instagram at Lindsay DeSwart, where the conversation will also continue. I can't wait to see you on the next episode. And once again, keep living your magical midlife.